When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Wonder how Marku 42 got its start back in 2012? Well, this is episode one of the Marku 42 experiment, named after the Doctor Who episode I first saw, the Santarin experiment. And it was an improv show that was also a Doctor Who informational podcast and review show. We tried doing it for a number of episodes, and we decided, you know what? Let's skip the improv and just be ourselves. So give us a chance. Take a listen to this first output of Marku 42 back in 2012 here on Odyssey Radio. I'm glad you came back. Uh, I thought you were going to come after I accidentally dropped you off a week too early for the new show. Hey, at least you caught up to us. That's good. Well, I got up in the time stream. And, you know, thank God we didn't drop you off in South Gordon like uh, Deet did to uh, Sarah back then. Um, I wanted to start off today's show. Of course, here's Torah Tori, uh, Tori for short, uh, my, the heart and soul of my Torah, the, uh, my time vessel. Hey, Tori, how's it going? Well, I'm, I'm sure they're fine, because, you know, they wouldn't be here if they weren't. Can you tell everyone what uh, your name stands for, uh, Torrid? The name that the actual name of the vessel in Doctor Who should be called? Of course. Uh, Torrid stands for Traveling on Rift Radiation in Two Dimensions. That's right. Uh, TARDIS was something that Susan came up with. If you go back to uh, the docudrama Doctor Who, Episode 1, she says she came up with the name for TARDIS as time and relative dimension in space. She came up with that. 
because she was some pissy time tot. And that's what we're aboard right now as you're listening to our podcast. Um, uh, Tori, uh, the ship is kind of shaking. Is something going on? And you've stepped into my torrid. Who are you? I ask again. Well, my name is Eduardo, or as some people call me, Mr. Eduardo. Mr. Now, I, ask, I ask again, what is this place? What's a torrid? Well, torrid stands for traveling on rift radiation into dimensions. And you say your yes. name is Mr. Ed? Wait, like a TARDIS? TARDIS? What do you know about TARDISes? That's Susan's thing. No, they're torrids. But yeah, it's like a TARDIS. Yeah, sure, whatever you call it. I happen, I happen to know a lot about TARDISes, or at least the history behind a certain TARDIS. Okay, well, tell me what you know about this TARDIS. Let's see if you know what we're talking about, because you seem to be taking this a little too calmly, actually. Well, that's because I'm actually very angry right now, and I'm trying to keep my anger in check. Well, I, already just, I already just finished dealing with something else. You're dealing with something else? I'm right now dealing with a rather un- disagreeable individual named Sir James Jasper. James Jaspers? Yes. James Jaspers. Mad Jim? Tori, can you look up on your computer banks, on your database, uh, some information? Because I don't think anyone out listening to the podcast knows about this person, unless they're what's known. I'm sorry. Who the, who the heck is Tori? Tori? Tori is the ship. Is the ship. She she runs She controls the ship. She is the living being of this ship, the Torrid. Tori? Mad Jim Jaspers. He's an extra-dimensional human mutant. He has the power to affect reality with a single thought. In fact, he's destroyed universes, and sometimes the only way to fix them was to destroy them. And he is known as the destroyer of realities. Not a good person to mess with. Okay, well, while she was giving that information, Ed and I just had a little conversation, and I I, I think uh, his story sounds straight. It sounds straight up to me. We're going to do what we had originally planned to do and talk about Doctor Who today, about old school Doctor Who, and while I was talking to Ed, while Tori was giving me that information, found out that Ed is a bit of an ex on old school Who. Isn't that right, Ed? Yeah, and I actually do some freelance work that requires me to know information about individuals, and my yeah. current work has me researching the person yeah. known as the Doctor, particularly his previous incarnations. We're, so we have a now now have a human aboard the Torrid who can tell us about reality of it as it is, not as a show. Well, this particular Earthling happens to deal with an organization that knows the truth. BBC? Not really. Well, I only know of two other organizations that know that, and uh, and I would know. And that would put you down either as Torchwood, which, now the way you look, Jack wouldn't hire you. Um, so you must work for the other guys. I don't know if you have the authorization to know that. Time Lord or no Time Lord. The, the listeners are getting bored. So talk about who. Tell us about the show. Tell us about the show's history. Well, it came about in the 1960s with William Hartnell as the so-called first doctor. And, and to be honest, he was. He was. He, he lived a long life. Uh, people who watched Brain of Morbius and saw the earlier ones, don't pay attention to that. Those were actually... 
Morbius's previous self. Remember, Morbius's shell sparked and cracked. Uh, Morbius lost that fight, and that's how it is in reality. May not have been as the way they presented it. They kind of misrepresented that. Well, according according to my research and the data of my fellows, that is correct. The other images that you saw were not other incarnations of the Doctor, but rather Morbius's incarnations. They definitely were. But back to William Hartnell, the first, yeah, the first Doctor of the in the Doctor drama to portray an actual Time Lord. Yes, and he was replaced by Patrick Trotton. Interestingly enough, uh, according to what the public has been fed, mm -hmm. Hartnell did not want to do the show anymore because he was getting on in years, and his health prevented him from continuing it. So, supposedly, the writers of the show were the ones who came up with the idea of regeneration. Yeah, but they weren't. They weren't. It, you know, we, we actually, uh, that's not actually what happened. But close enough. They, we, we do regenerate. And, but you notice how they didn't use the word regeneration because we weren't re you weren't ready to understand the concept of regeneration. So, rejuvenating him was much more easier for you to follow than regeneration. So, we kind of slipped some messages via uh, psychopathetic uh, wavelengths to the writers and producers of Doctor Who. Yes. Well, it also helped that Trotton himself was younger than Hartnell. Well, yeah, rejuvenation, younger than, yes. It, younger, it's, younger. Yes, yes. The so-called uh, cosmic hobo, which I believe is one of the terms used to describe the second Doctor. He continued on until, the, until 69 when he was replaced by the third Doctor, John Pertwee. The ironic thing is he had been known as a comedic actor, but on doing Doctor Who, he played the character rather straight. So, But did, when he got the part, did people have a problem with a comedian? There or? was a bit of an uproar. Interestingly enough, the show had first started, when the show first started, it was a bit of a kid's program, and you did have uh, where the stories would be science fiction, but then you'd have a story that was purely historical. Like, for example... During the first Doctor, you had an episode called The Aztecs, which had the Doctor yep. traveling with his companions to the time of the Aztecs. Okay, well, and, and of course, you find out there that, um, and this is where one of the changes was made. Um, in the Aztec story, as was shown, uh, there was this uh, Aztecian old lady uh, who uh, wanted to uh, marry the Doctor. And um, I believe her name was Kamika. You're right. And, and, and we were shown as asexual beings. We're not. Time Lords are probably more sexual than you think, more sexual than you could ever dream. Why one of our blogs that we do is an adult site, because we are not. And as when the show was brought back, New Who, uh, RTD, a human, brought back the concept of, and brought in on his own, I don't know how he got it, the concept of sexual nature. And Christopher Eccleston and Rose, and then David Tennant kind of really uh, brought out the sex appeal. And Matt Smith now is doing a damn good job at uh, getting married. And, uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk about sexy hanky-panky in the TARDIS. Well, there is. But the torrent, of course, but the TARDIS there. Okay, so uh, uh, let's talk more about John Pertwee in general, uh, his character. Now, he was stranded on Earth because 
He was. Uh, you know, well, that's a well, true story. Well, according to records, he was exiled by the Time Lords. In fact, uh, yeah, exiled while, to that. While the first, while the first Doctor transforming into the second had a, an actual rejuvenation scene, the last adventure to feature the second Doctor simply had him tumbling into a, uh, a void, and then when the third Doctor's first adventure started, he stumbled out of the TARDIS already transformed. Yeah. I believe that my uh, agency has actually spoken with the Doctor about this, and he's been rather vague. Uh, Although he does indicate that there may have been some things that went on during this during this time that we were not shown on screen. Uh, I believe the official term is 6B. Okay. So uh, uh, let's talk more about John Pertwee in general, uh, his character. Now, he was stranded on Earth because... He was, uh, you know, well, that's a well, true according, Well, according to records, he was exiled by the Time Lords. In fact, uh, yeah, exiled while, to that. While the first, while the first Doctor transforming into the second had a, an actual rejuvenation scene, the last adventure to feature the second Doctor simply had him tumbling into a, uh, a void, and then when the third Doctor's first adventure started, he stumbled out of the TARDIS already transformed. Yeah. I believe that my uh, agency has actually spoken with the doctor about this, and he's been rather vague. Uh, Although he does indicate that there may have been some things that went on during this during this time that we were not shown on screen. Uh, I believe the official term is 6B. 6B. Yes, I've heard of 6B. Known to some people who watched the show as season, series, I was going to say season, series 6B. In America, you know it as season 6B. Uh, the episodes that were never shown weren't really made because you know there was no actor, but it really did happen. That is part of the real course of the Hooniverse timeline. 6B episodes, the ones that are referred to as 6B, are part of the Hooniverse, whether... People like it or not, you're just people. You're on Earth. It did happen in the universe. Now, I want to stop you here because, first of all, I want to remind people that this weekend is uh, is the premiere of season excuse me, season for American series for the Brits and everywhere else. Seven of Doctor Who. Uh, Matt Smith is going to be appearing uh, as the Doctor. Uh, there'll be uh, Arthur and uh, Karen playing uh, Amy and her husband, Rory. Uh, the Daleks will show up. Feet may have worked for Unit as an unpaid scientific advisor during his exile. But I'm in exile too. Luckily, I haven't been grounded to one planet like he was. But that means I've got to find some way to pay for the Artron energy that Tori uses to propel us through time and space. Now I've had centuries to think this through and came up with this way to do it. Selling books about the Doctor's travels under the name Marku 42's Books. Marku 42's Books sells rare and out of print Doctor Who books both in new and used condition from the Virgin and BBC book lines, plus some of the old annuals and reference manuals. 
In my travels back to the 1990s and early 2000s, after fighting Daleks, Zygons, and the occasional Sea Devil, I always stop at the local WH Smiths and get a few books. Then hit the fast return switch on the old girl's console and sell them to the public in the here and now. I also sell other rare mint condition science fiction and fantasy genre books as the Hooniverse is much bigger on the outside than it is on the inside unlike the turret itself. It's a good way to introduce human children to reading. It's a good way for anyone to experience the Hooniverse in general. It's a good way for you to get these books you missed when they were released and then taken away. Plus, Tori gets her fuel. Even trade-off, I think. Visit the shop yourself at Amazon.com slash shops slash Marku42. That's M-A-R-K-W-H-O-4-2. And see for yourself. You'll be glad you did. And so will Tori. We've got some who-outs today. Uh, first who-out is... To the 24 hours of Gallifrey 1. It takes place in February next year during the, on the 15th and 17th at the Marriott Los Angeles Airport Hotel. It's the 24th they've, they've been holding. 24th? And it's the longest running Doctor Who fan convention. In the world? Really? Yes. Wow. That is, that, that's, that's cool. Their main guests are going to be um, Arthur Darville, who plays Rory, Sir Derek Jacoby who played the master in the episode Utopia before yeah. he regenerated. Into John Sim? Well, now, are, we talk, are we talking the master, or are we talking Professor Yano? No, 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 no. We are talking Professor Yano, but Professor Yano was the master, the human master. Now, if anyone doesn't know Sir Gerald Jacoby from uh, Doctor Who, and, and, but you know him from elsewhere, yeah, you're right, because he played Claudius in I, Claudius. He's a great professional actor in British theater. Uh, Frances Barber. Oh. She played Madame Kavorian from the entire series six. Now, that she she was a good baddie. Uh, yes, she was. Mr. Uh, Ed, question. Yes. Um, do you know the actor? Have you heard of the uh, Jamie McCrimmon? Yes, he was companion to the second Doctor. came from the Highlands of Scotland. Okay. Well, the docudrama's actor, Fraser Hines, who played that guy, portrayed that guy in the docudrama, he'll be there, along with Bruno Langley, who was the first failed companion. Yeah, failed companion. There have been many failed companions in Time Lord history. But on the docudrama, the first failed companion, in quotes, uh, he played Adam Mitchell in Dalek, and long the long game. Uh, we're gonna have Dan Dan Starkey supposed to be there. He played well. He played many Santarans in uh, Do- in Doctor Who the new series. Uh, he played Commander Score in the two parter Santaran Stratagem and the Poison Sky. He played Commander Jast in the End of Time Part Two and in A Good Man Goes to War. He played Commander Strax and he also played Clark. In the Sarah Jane adventure story, The Man Who Never Was. Who else is going to be there, Tori? Finn Jones. 
who played Santiago Jones, the grandson of Joe Grant. Everyone knows he was in The Death of the Doctor. But I want to ask Mr. Ed something. So, I, the organization I'm assuming that you work for, you must know who Joe Grant was, right? While I have never met her face-to-face, -face, I am familiar with the fact that Miss Grant was the second person to assist the Doctor while he was working with Unit during his exile. I'm Neve McIntosh and Katrin Stewart. Played the double act of Silurian Madame Bastra and her sidekick, Jenny McIntosh, from A Good Man Goes to War. The same story that a lot of other people are coming from, so that's cool. Uh, Charlie Kirchhoff of IDW Comics. He's a Doctor Who colorist and a friend of mine, personally, on Facebook. Scott Hancock, of, a script editor and Doctor Who Series 6 production secretary, will be there. Here's some cool additions. Philip Henchcliffe will be there. Plus, two extra companions. Mark Strickson, who played Turlow, and Peter Purves, who played Stephen Taylor. Big Finish Productions will be there, too, in force with, with Nicholas Briggs, the writer, director, producer, and head-in-chief and the voice of every Dalek voice since 2005 on the new show and on Big Finish. He's also bringing along pals Nicholas Pegg, a writer-director there, Gary Russell, a writer-director and producer there, Jason High Ellery, a director-producer there, and another person who is a friend of my Facebook guys, Lisa Bowerman, a writer-director, and Benny Summerfield herself. Do we have time for another one, another hoot out? Because that one was really long, Tori, and I kind of gave a promise to somebody. Yes, we have time for one more. Thank you. I'd like to give out a hoot out to Scott Bandrill. Hey, we gave him that one last time. We're giving him that one this time for a different reason. He runs Bandrill Productions, the fan-produced Doctor Who audio adventures as far as we're concerned. His company's Facebook page, since we're talking about Facebook pages, is uh, facebook.com slash bandrill dot productions slash info. Bandrill is spelled B-A-N-D-R-I-L dot P-R-O-D-U-C-T-I-O-N-S slash info. They're always looking for new talent, so if you'd like to get involved with either production, acting, or writing, please get in touch with them. They can be reached either through the Facebook page directly or at www.bandrill.com blogspot.com We have a clip from his latest production based on another 1970 British science fiction series, Doomwatch called Survival Code and here it is Cold Yes it is It's a fine near the pier It's coming closer, get the police Jeff Now, there are three lines to be opened and kept open, on scramble Cabinet Room, Ministry of Defence and Doomwatch you appear to have a one megaton warhead down there. A hydrogen bomb. Please tell Chris to take no further action, to keep away from the weapon and clear the pier. We're due for either a conventional explosion or a full nuclear holocaust. There's another, There's wire. another wire. When will you people learn to fear? How 
do you guys like that promo I just played through the Torrid Circuit? We enjoyed it, didn't we? It was yep. great. Um, if I could bring something up, it's nice that you tapped me for my knowledge on so-called Classic Who, and that was a very nice clip. Last time I checked, I was having to deal with an insane reality-warping mutant. Oh, God, oh, you know what? Oh, yeah, we get so eccentric, us Time Lords. I completely forgot that you got on here without us picking you up. Yeah. Ah, uh, we're shaking again. Um, uh, Tori, rematerialize now. Let's open up the scanners. Excuse me, but that looks to me like the Gulf of Mexico. Torrid, uh, we're in the Gulf of Mexico. Did you bring us here? Uh, yes, but not on purpose. Bring not us. on purpose? What's the date? Because I don't like the way those clouds look. Looking at the chronometer, it looks like it's August 27th, 2012. We're in the Gulf of Mexico on August 27th, 2012. Do you know what that means we're in the middle of? Marco 42's podcast has been submitted for your approval by... Co-produced by Patricia Helm and Mark Baumgarten. Any submissions to our podcast does not constitute our ownership. However, they can be used on air at any time and on any broadcast. You will be credited for its use on air at that time. So listen to every show. You could be a professional Whovian at any time without warning. Doctor Who or any of its properties owned by the BBC, the British Broadcasting Corporation, with a side order of Stars Incorporated. Mentioned only because it is a miracle day that this show is still on the air. Jason. Greetings. The Ozark Howler. On the Midweek Howl here on the Odyssey Radio Network. When I howl, I only howl on Odyssey. That's very well put. (laughs) Tuesday, Jack. The foaming cleanser.
Ajax cuts grease faster than any other leading cleanser. Use the pain, the elbow packs, when you start cleaning with Ajax. Ajax really polishes as it cleans. So use Ajax, the foaming cleanser. Hi, this is Michael Winslow, and you're listening to Mark WHO42. That's real. End transmission. And now, the second part of Mark Who42, the Mark Who42 experiment. This is back in the day when uh, we first tried experimenting with this show. It was an improv show, like I said, in the first half. And we're presenting it to you here on Odyssey Radio, uncut, with myself, Mark Baumgarten, Trish Helm, now Patricia Fryer, and we introduced Eduardo M. Fryer to the show on these two episodes as well. So please enjoy the second half. The following podcast is about the British science fiction show Doctor Who and all of its subsidiaries. Everything on this show is real. However, the voices you hear are not. They are characters in an improv sketch aboard their own private TARDIS. <clears throat> I mean, Torrid. Sorry, Tori. my knowledge on so-called classic who and that was a very nice clip last time i checked i was having to deal with an insane reality warping mutant oh god yeah, you know what oh yeah we get so eccentric us time lords i completely forgot that you got on here without us picking you up yeah ah uh, uh, we're shaking again um uh, tori rematerialize now let's open up the scanners but that looks to me like the Gulf of Mexico. Torrid, uh, we're in the Gulf of Mexico. Did you bring us here? Uh, yes, but not on purpose. Bring not on purpose? What's the date? Because I don't like the way those clouds look. Looking at the chronometer, it looks like it's August 27th, 2012. We're in the Gulf of Mexico on August 27th, 2012. Do you know what that means we're in the middle of? I don't know why you're getting so upset and frustrated over this. All we have to do is dematerialize. Wait, it's that easy? Yes, it's that easy. Dematerializing now. 
Uh, Oops. Oh, that's, that's simple, huh? Are sparks supposed to come out? Uh, no, actually, they're not. Tori, are you okay? No. Uh, Tori? 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 Okay, that, uh, that wonderful female voice that uh, greeted me when I got here is not showing no, up. Uh, no, not she's not, is she? Um, well, you know what? Let me go over here and try to fix her a little. Uh, maybe you should go on with the little who speech you were given, talking about the history of hoodum. If I look at my notes correctly, uh, well, this page got burned when the console started blowing up. Let's see, Sarah Jean Smith as a companion. Her first appearance was in the episode The Time Warrior, which, by the way, has another link to Modern Who, in that it was the first appearance of the Sontarans, who showed up in the allotment of Sarah Jean Adventures and in a two-part episode featuring the Tenth Doctor. Uh, you dropped that spanner on the floor. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Sarah Jean left right before a serial called The Deadly Assassin, which was the first time that Earth people were exposed to the knowledge that Time Lords are supposed to have a maximum of 13 regenerations. After Pertwee's doctor regenerated in Planet of the Spiders, we had Tom Baker, the fourth doctor, also the longest-running doctor. He was doctor for seven years, starting with Robot and up to Legopolis in 1981. Now, you know, seven years was only the amount of time he was on the show. Uh, the fourth Doctor actually lived a couple of hundred years, but that's besides the point. Let me get back to well, this. Well, there has been, well, one of the things that's been an interesting uh, thing to note is how old the Doctor is, because he keeps, seems to keep changing the number of Baker was Baker played the role for seven years, going from 74 to 81. The Master first appeared also in the first year. over with the new series with the eight minute short time crash before that uh there were no other appearances by the doctors other than drawings in the book the journey of impossible things in the two-part human nature series with david Tennant. davidson was also the doctor for the anniversary special the five doctors which had almost every single doctor up to that point with the exception of tom baker who for some reason could not participate. According to the story, the Doctor and his companion, the second incarnation of Romana, were trapped in some sort of a time hole and could not take part in the proceedings. And I'm sure that if Mark Hu was here, he could probably verify whether or not this is indeed the case, or if the fourth Doctor did participate and the BBC just decided to do some creative editing. Of course, I could also get in touch with my contacts 
Hey, hey, I'm back. How's it going? Uh, yeah. Everything's fine. Okay, good, good. Uh, where, where, where are we up to in this uh, documentary thing? We were talking about how Davidson was the uh, chief doctor for the Five Doctors special. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it, it was written that way because, you know, he was the actor portraying it. Each of the first five doctors in reality in the Hooniverse actually had equal contribution to it, including Tom. Well, they change things around from the original story, but it's close enough. It's close well, enough. Very, Barusa, Barusa turned out to be the bad guy. He is. I mean, that's how we always knew at the Academy, especially when he was giving feats Fs in every assignment that he tried passing. You know, I got straight A's, but hey, that's just because I'm so good. Yes, well... Uh... Let me get back to under this uh, console and try to fix this up with this equipment I brought in. Mm -hmm. uh, and also that's Thanks. What would I do without you, Mr. Ed? Davidson finally regenerates into Colin Baker, who for some is a rather controversial doctor. Some say it's writing, some say it's his performance, but he was not a very likable character. Well, there's one other reason. Wasn't there something about, if I remember um, correctly... Uh, that his uh, newborn infant died right after he found out he got the job. That could have affected his role, too. And, and, and to be honest, I actually liked Colin Baker's portrayal as a good old feat. Um, it was a little badly written, but uh, I thought Vengeance on Veros uh, was a very well written story that everybody in Britain took completely wrong, um, except the true fans and intellectuals. Like Mary Whitehouse completely got it wrong. It wasn't promoting video nasties. It was completely saying video nasties are wrong. It was a satire. That's what it was. In America, people who read Harvard Lampoon and National Lampoon would have got that off the back. For some reason, Mary Whitehouse and the rest were like, oh, they're promoting it, it's too violent. Again, like the like the Philip Hinchcliffe stories. It's not fair. Is smoke supposed to come out of that? Not really, no. And that explosion wasn't either. Okay, let me keep working at this thing. Didn't think so. I do have to agree with you. Vengeance of Varos, while being a particularly violent serial, was actually supposed to be a satire on violence on television and on human malaise. And another reason that it was so controversial was a line said by the doctor. You forgive me if I don't join you. Oh, yeah, but hey, the, it's, we have wit on Gallifrey. I can't help it if, you know, I can't help that. Boy, that was a good clip, wasn't it? I think that line was perfect for that scene. Oh, uh, yeah, it always does that. When I, uh, let me get that up. Okay, it's out. Let me get back to work. You, come on, we got to hurry up here. Yeah, but uh, another interesting controversial point, the 23rd season was actually canceled 
during Baker's run. The show went on hiatus, and we ended up with a season-long story entitled Trial of a Time War, which involved a uh, conspiracy of sorts that put the Doctor on trial, supposedly interfering with the uh, regular workings of the universe. This also had an interesting exit for the companion Terry Brown, who may or may not have had brain Oh, you mean Perpigillium? Yeah, good old Perpigillium. Oops! Ah, sorry, sorry, more sparks, sorry. I know how to fix my own toy. Yeah, maybe you're right. Because I don't think the light's supposed to be flashing red like Scott. As long as the cloister bells don't ring, we are totally... Okay, now we got a problem. I gotta start paying attention to this. You finish this up, wrap it up. I gotta finish this. I'm not gonna make any interruptions. Okay, well... Baker was apparently fired. And in came Sylvester McCoy, the seventh and last of the class of doctors. McCoy's regeneration was rather controversial because Baker refused to film the scene. So they put a Colin Baker wig on Sylvester McCoy and that uh, Dorothy McShane and I used to date? Ace, you know? Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, yeah she's my ex. She's my ex. Hmm. I do know that uh, last anyone supposedly heard of her, she's running a charitable organization. In any event, McCoy did one more appearance for a Doctor Who movie in 1995, where he regenerated into the eighth Doctor, played by Paul McGon. But then the Doctor did not appear on TV until the past decade, with the return of the of the series and the ninth Doctor. Oh, oh, okay. Well, I, I, I'm still gonna some things. The voice circuit. It seems that the torrid is working again, but uh, the. Uh, the vocal and translation unit systems aren't working. So, um, are you done? Are you about I'm done? So- I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm, you're well, we're, we're, we're broadcasting to America. We're broadcasting speaking- to America. I need to fit in a commercial break. Uh, are well, you almost well, done? Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. You're speaking Russian right now. I'm not fluent in it. I think you may need to check the translation circuits or at least uh, the acoustics for the room. Okay. Um, uh, we're oh, going to actually we're- wait. Now- okay, now uh, it works. Uh, oh, well. Okay. Don't press that button. Don't press that button. I like pressing that button. Damn it! Now you sound like. Let me press it. Ah, okay, so don't press that button. It, oh. Don't Feet may have worked for Unit as an unpaid scientific advisor during his exile, but I'm in exile too. Luckily, I haven't been grounded to one planet like he was, but that means I've got to find some way to pay 
for the Artron energy that Tori uses to propel us through time and space. Now I've had centuries to think this through and came up with this way to do it. Selling books about the doctor's travels under the name Marku42's Books. Marku42's Books sells rare and out of print Doctor Who books both in new and used condition from the Virgin and BBC book lines, plus some of the old annuals and reference manuals. In my travels back to the 1990s and early 2000s, after fighting Daleks, Zygons, and the occasional sea devil, I always stop at the local WH Smiths and get a few books. Then hit the fast return switch on the old girl's console and sell them to the public in the here and now. I also sell other rare mint condition science fiction and fantasy genre books as the Hooniverse is much bigger on the outside than it is on the inside unlike the turret itself. It's a good way to introduce human children to reading. It's a good way for anyone to experience the Hooniverse in general. It's a good way for you to get these books you missed when they were released and then taken away. Plus, Tori gets her fuel. Even trade-off, I think. Visit the shop yourself at Amazon.com slash shops slash Marku42. That's M-A-R-K-W-H-O-4-2. And see for yourself. You'll be glad you did. And so will Tori. I want to give a hoot out to Mark Furman from KeepItClassic.com. He wanted me to give you a heads up about two upcoming movie screenings events in Miami, Florida this September. Hey, that's like a couple... It's right now almost. And since that's where our U.S. hub is located and our torrid is parked, I thought it was a great idea, especially because both movies will be frightfully entertaining. The first movie is called Bait 3D. It is a horror movie made in Australia. Those Oz's of your planet are fantastically cool. It's about a great white shark attacking people. But this ain't your grandfather's jaws, that's for sure. It's more like your grandfather's land shark. Thanks to a tsunami, it's eating people at a supermarket. Or, or maybe a shopping center. It doesn't matter. It's still fantastic. The show is on September 13th at 9.30 p.m. at the AMC Aventura 24 Theater in Miami. The film stars Xavier Samuel from The Twilight Saga, the uh, movie version of the books. This was the Eclipse movie. Sharni Vinson from Step Up 3D. Oh, she's already had 3D practice. Alex Russell from Chronicle. And Julian McMahon, Doctor Doom from the Fantastic Four movie last decade. This film is not being released theatrically in the United States, so this will be your only chance to see it in 3D on the big screen. Now, personally, I think this film looks more fun than frightening. Now, there is a deadline for your tickets. A deadline. Oh, yeah. All those people killed by the shark, and you're lining up for it? There is a deadline. There is a deadline to prevent the cancellation of the screening. 
They need to sell at least 74 tickets by September 5th, which, like I said, is like right now. So you need to get your reserve tickets right away. But don't panic. You will not be charged when you reserve tickets unless the threshold is passed. For tickets, go to tug.com slash events slash 1165. That's www.tugg.com slash events slash 1165. Or come to our podcast hub for the link. And of course, our podcast hub is markwho42.com or markwho42.podbean.com. Now, that one is going to be a hoot on its own, but the other one will scare you out of your wits. And when it does, don't forget to go back in. To get our show, you need to have a witty sense of humor. Anywho, the second movie is called Sinister, and it is. It was made by the producers of Paranormal Activity and Insidious, and it stars Ethan Hawke. Sinister was the secret screening this past March during the SXSW Festival in Austin, and the reviews for this film have been very positive, saying it is really scary. Ain't It Cool News calls it genuinely scary and smart. A new horror classic calls it by Joe Blow. Fearnet says it's powerfully disturbing. And Bloody Disgusting says that it will leave you shaking. Now, you humans ought to know that if something that is bloody disgusting is disturbed by a film, it must be horrifying. Maybe more horrifying than the Rutans were for old feet at Fang Rock. This special tug event screening of Sinister is on September 27th at 7.30 p.m. at the Paragon Grove 13 Theater in Coconut Grove, one week before its U.S. release on October 5th. You get to see it a week before everyone else does. Now, of course, there is that (laughs) deadline, but this one is Wednesday, September 19th. To get your tickets, go to tug.com slash events slash 1436. That's www.tugg.com slash events slash 1436 or as before come to our blog page our podcast hub at markwho42.com or markwho42.podbean.com so those are the hootouts for uh, this uh, I guess half week because we were already on that this week and oh there you are Ed where the heck were you looking for the restroom go to the loo all you had to do was go down that corridor, up the staircase one level, then go to the left, down that corridor about four miles, then up three more flights of stairs, then make a right, then down the elevator to about the, fifth, I think it's the 1500th level, and then you've been right in front of it. I don't know where you could have been. It, it didn't take you that long. Actually, I went to the uh, that corridor five doors down uh, through the tunnel and through the big double doors that said executive washroom. Well, but that's my washroom. You're not allowed in there. You're not an executive. Is your name on the podcast? Well, I do hold the honorary rank of lieutenant commander for the agency I work for. Well, it's about time for us to end this broadcast. I was about to drop you off, Ed, but Tori, uh, though she can't speak right now because I have to finish up uh, the uh, the circuitry in there, but she is working perfectly except for her vocal cords right now or well, what passes as vocal cords 
we'd like you to stay. I think it would be fun. And starting with the new series coming up in a couple of days, we'd like you to stay along with us and give us your opinions along with us. We're going to be talking about how the show strays from reality, how it should have been written, how the writers have changed it and stuff. But if you'd like to give your own human reaction to the show, we'd love you to stay. Well, I'd be honored. And uh, you can thank Tori for the smiley face next to the statement that says, Ed can stay. That's very sweet of her. I would love to give my human reaction. This could be an interesting thing to study. Good. Well, then... We're going to stay here. So goodbye, everybody, and hope you enjoy this two-parter episode. Uh, we, we broke this into two parts because we really didn't have anything to give you because the show was pushed back a week. Thank you to everyone, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Alonzai! By the way, that's my room. This planet, these people are precious to me. And I will defend them to my last breath. On September 1st, the global phenomenon returns to BBC America. I'm the Doctor. A new season of Doctor Who that changes everything. We could end this right now. We could save everyone right now. This is not how we roll, and you know it. Get off this ship while you still can. You're thinking of stopping, aren't you? You're Maureen. The traveling is starting to feel like running away. Every story has a beginning. A middle and an end, but not always in that order. You just changed the future. It's called marriage, honey. I've really missed this. So how much trouble are we in? Out of ten? Eleven. Doctor Who season premiere, Saturday, September 1st. Marco 42's podcast has been submitted for your approval by... Co-produced by Patricia Helm and Mark Baumgarten. Edited and directed by Mark Baumgarten. This podcast is not for profit. None of the advertising or mentions has been paid for in any way. Any submissions to our podcast does not constitute our ownership. However, they can be used on air at any time and on any broadcast. You will be credited for its use on air at that time. So listen to every show. You could be a professional Whovian at any time without warning. Doctor Who or any of its properties owned by the BBC, the British Broadcasting Corporation, with the side order of Stars Incorporated. Mentioned only because it is a miracle day that this show is still on the air. We hope you like listening to our uh, original shows uh, from 2012 when we were experimenting with the improv podcast that we were doing here at Marku 42. We're playing it here on Odyssey Radio this week because we took a week off because, hey, it's my birthday. It's a little birthday present to myself, as well as to you, our listening audience, to see how we got our start. I'd like to thank everybody involved with Odyssey Radio, with all our previous hosts during the course of the show, and we will continue to bring you fine radio shows in the future here on Marku 42 Odyssey Radio. Until next time, 
And we'll have a doozy for you next week. So long. Marker 42 has been written and presented by Mark Baumgarten, Trish Fryer, Eduardo M. Fryer, Iggy Matthews, and Zion Kiros. Mark Group 42 has been edited, directed, and produced by Mark Baumgarten. The theme music is by Sam Beckman. Mark Group 42 is owned and copyrighted by Mark Baumgarten 2019. This is Odyssey Radio. station. Please remain seated until docking is complete. Odyssey. Dare to wonder. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.